Hello and welcome to the Up North Halo podcast. I am the host, Nicholas Egdorf. And as you know, spring training is here. Pitchers and catchers have reported. The full team has reported as of yesterday. And you know what that means. That means every team has a chance at the World Series. Everybody is showing up in the best shape of their careers and ready for breakouts. And everybody is at risk of Tommy John. And it's Fun, fun, fun. We are all excited for spring training baseball. I know I am. I hope you are too. And there has been a lot of news surrounding the Angels over the last week and a bit since I've done the last pod. So I will be breaking down the Matt Moore signing, the arbitration hearing decisions. There is some stuff about Anthony Rendon that came out this morning. And Phil Nevin and... Perry Manassian are doing some things that we need to discuss. One of them is a little bit funny. I will poke fun at it later, but you'll see what I'm talking about. And some of the non-roster invitees who are becoming angels for the spring training period. And also I've got a little bit of stuff to talk about. That's There's one prospect that I wanted to bring up. Just a little teaser for that one at the end. But... As I said, I'll just jump right into the first segment where I'm going to talk about Matt Moore, who was a relief pitcher who is going to be coming to the Angels, which is very good news. I love his stats. He looked really good last year. He's coming from the Rangers, so taking an interdivision player away and bringing him in is always good. Pitched to a 1.95 ERA, a 2.98 FIP, and a 1.3 F war in 73 innings pitched, which is always good. I love to see that, and I am super hyped to have him on on the team. Unfortunately, being 33, he also got $7.5 million, which is a hefty price tag for a reliever. But I'm coming to the point where it's just what Perry's going to do. He's going to spend big on relievers. I'm starting to get to the point where it's just like, okay, that's just what he's going to do. Just accept it. But I also don't want to be handicapping ourselves with making moves like this and then not being able to spend in other areas. I'm still very concerned about that. But, hey, if you get what you pay for, who the fuck cares, really? He was also recordedly out for $9 million, So getting him at seven five does kind of sound like a bargain now, I guess, if you spin it that way. Um, I guess that's a deal. But sure, we'll we'll call it that for now. It's a deal. <laughs> but this guy's going to be a huge piece in the bullpen. He'll be another left-handed pitcher, which is good, considering we only had Aaron Loop in the bullpen and Jose Quijada. So it's nice to have another arm that'll be in the middle right there to eat up innings. So that will fill another void. Now we just need to figure out the sixth ro- sixth rotation spot, see how that shakes out. And... Next I'll get into is uh, something that Taylor Ward said. And he said, I want to take home runs away. I want to win a gold glove. I want to be the best left fielder in baseball. And I absolutely love the confidence. Go out and swing it. Go out and try and hit a ball to Taylor Ward and see if he won't catch it. Go ahead and try. He is going to... Ball out. I love seeing this kind of swagger, this kind of confidence. I love it. 
and he's going to be taking home runs away in left field, especially if they're hit down and toward the corner right beside the bullpen. Ooh, I can already see it now that he's going to be ended up in the trout farm. That That's a good image to put in my head. I love to see that. Just a little tidbit I wanted to point out there. That was a fun quote to hear. And next I'll get into, which is one of the more significant things that we'll talk about today, is the arbitration hearings were about a week ago, and we had three players who are still undecided until now. That was Hunter Renfro, Gio Rochelle, and Luis Renjifo. Hunter Renfro won his hearing, so he will be making $11.9 million, which is a $700,000 raise from last year. Good for him. That's a fine contract. I have no issue with that. And Gio Rochella, who lost his arbitration hearing, but will be making $8.4 million, which is a $1.9 million raise from what he made last year, back in 2022. And Luis Renjifo won his hearing, and he will be making $2.3 million, which is a $1.57 million raise from the prior year. So these are all good. I'm happy with the contracts that were decided on. But I do have one thing I wanted to speak about during arbitration is it can create so much animosity between players and their organizations. And there's a couple guys I wanted to point out. Kyle Tucker and Corbin Burns. They have been a little bit outspoken recently and were like, well, what the hell is this? You're basically calling me trash. Like You're almost slandering me to cheap out on money. And that just made me think, I am so glad the Angels gave Otani a quality contract before they could get to this. Because if Otani has any shreds of animosity between him and the organization, he is gone at the end of the year. And to see things like this happening to Kyle Tucker, who is a potential MVP candidate, and Corbin Burns, who's recently won a Cy Young and will probably contend for one this year, to see them being upset at the team you don't want that at all you want that as far away from your organization as possible and the angels already have enough drama going on outside of the team they don't need more drama in the team so i i'm just happy that otani got a good contract and we're able to avoid this and that is another reason that i want to talk about is whenever you see reportings of players that have arbitration eligible years and they get contracts They always say, avoid arbitration. It's for that reason right there. So you don't have the arbitration hearing and have any sort of risk of tension between the two sides. So I just figured I would bring that up after seeing all of the players get their contracts dealt with. And also, moving on now, Jeff Fletcher had uh, an article this morning about Anthony Rendon. And I read his quote that he had. And it is a little bit, it hurts a little bit to read it, but it's very fair to read. And he, Rendon went on to say, I do not have social media, but a lot of my friends and family do. They will text me. They're saying this, they're saying that. So it definitely gets to me. I understand and I hear it. And at times, yeah, it pisses you off, but I try to let it not go any further than that. You just got to try and use it to continue to go on in a greater purpose. And that's exactly what you want to hear. 
after something like that, you don't want him to have to be saying something like this, but for him to go out and say something like that is good. It means he hears it, he knows it's not just going to rattle off him and just go in one ear and out the other. He's actually trying, which is admirable. I would rather see him try and fail than not try and still fail anyways. So got to give him a little bit of credit. I I think he's going to have a good year. I hope so, man. I just hope he plays games because even just his presence is still better than not having him there. And at least it gives you something to think about, which is not nothing. So having a guy who's worthy of just being on the diamond is good. So that's all I had on Rendon. And <laughs> I do do want to switch gears. And this is a little bit on the cheekier side. And uh, Nez Baleto, who is uh, Shohei Otani's agent, he had uh, very little to say, but it's nothing we weren't expecting. There was, He was asked about Shohei Otani's contract negotiations between the team, and he pretty much said verbatim what Otani said earlier. He said he's an angel for this year, and not much more. That's pretty much it. So no big takeaway, but a little bit on the funnier side. He did have a photo with Perry Manassian today, and I'm sure this will not gain any traction. This is not going to create any debates, any sort of crazy reactions. I think this is going to be fully normal. Nobody's going to overreact to a photo. It's so unlike baseball fans and specifically Angels fans to take something and just run with it. No, who am I kidding? Of course, this is going to create chaos, but... I think this can all be solved with one thing. Perry Manazian needs to take him out for dinner. I think we will have a contract with Otani the next day. <laughs> I think Nez needs to be wined and dined by Perry. Make it happen. I hope you do. Because we need Otani back. Please. Uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of funny. I saw that earlier this morning and figured, uh, figured I'd poke a little fun at that. But anyways, on to Nevin, who's... Been uh, making the rounds a little bit lately, and he was asked a few things about the sixth starter, and he said, we're probably going to be using the sixth guy as a swing guy for the first couple trips through the rotation. And what does that mean? He basically means that you're going to have a five-man rotation, but use the sixth starter or whoever the sixth starter is as a bullpen piece until you get ramped up into game pace, like regular season game pace. And then you'll chuck him in as a starter. And then you'll start using the 16 available six starter spots. I think that was what the Halo Bros had. They had this great, not article, but the diagram of how many six starter starts there is. It was about 16 or 18 out there. And after that, that's when the six starter would take over every six day because they're going to be using days off that are following the six starter start is going to be an Otani start. So you're going to get pushed back on the six starter there. And he also mentioned that the bullpen piece is going to be the six starter to start and then transition into the starter. That's kind he didn't say that, but that's pretty much what he meant by what he said anyways. And he also had this really cool thing that he said he said, we are not here for charity time or anything like that. We are here 
in this to win and our best guys are going to play. You need to have that mentality. You need to beat even your own teammates. You need to beat them out for everything. You need to earn everything. You need to go out there and give 100% when if anyone gives 99, you give 100. You have to go, go, go. Especially this year, you need it. And even Artie and Mike Trout both agree on something that this year more than any other year, we need to make progress. We need to get to the playoffs. It is not a want, it is a need. And you need to have that winner winner die trying kind of mentality. That's exactly what you want to hear from Nevin. And I have the utmost respect for him saying that. And fantastic way to start the spring. Love it. And also today, he did mention something that he was sort of teasing, I guess, a bit. The potential starting lineup. And he said uh, it was going to be Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon as the top four, which I have absolutely no issue with. It kind of helps with the fighting off lefties just coming in so you don't have someone coming in just for Otani because if you put Walsh behind Otani or something like that, you have the risk of someone just bringing in a left-handed pitcher and just throwing gas and fighting off the lefties, making it a harder matchup. So if you have Rendon behind him, that helps tremendously. And that is exactly where you want to be, is in a position where you can control to an extent which pitcher is coming in. You want to be able to win that kind of battle. And they're doing a good good job of that so far with keeping balance in the lineup, which is huge. And speaking of balance in the lineup, you can do that via depth. And speaking of depth, we have 38 non-roster invitees. I selected a few that I figured would be relatively well-known, a couple that are a little bit less known and that I think have a chance to make an impact in 2023, whether it's in the minors or potentially even with the major league club. And I broke it down into five segments, left-handed pitchers, right-handed pitcher, catchers, infielders, and outfielders. There's only a handful in each. In the left-handed pitchers, I have Jonathan Diaz, Kenny Rosenberg, and Eric Torres. And specifically Eric Torres, I wanted to talk about because he was the closer for the Rocket City Trash Pandas, who had a great year and won both halves of the double-A season and made the playoffs. Unfortunately, they lost in the first round. It is what it is. But I think he has this weird outside shot to be up in the majors this year if a lot of things break wrong in the majors and a lot of things break right for him, probably in AAA, I'd imagine is where he'll end up at some point during the year, if not just starting there out of spring. But I like Eric Torres. I think he has a really good year this year, and I'm very intrigued by what he does. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him this year, and I'll be giving updates when I see stuff that portrays to him. And some right-handed pitchers that are going to be coming. And these are a lot of minor leaguers who I think need another year of development. And just to stay healthy in one specific case. And that is Sam Bachman. He needs to stay healthy. If he does, he's going to... He missed out on a little bit of development this year. I think Kai Bush, who was the pick after him in the draft, the year that they got drafted, and... I think Bush jumped him this year. I think he needs to get back to where he needs to be, so he'll probably return to double-A. Kai might be going to triple-A, maybe. I would imagine he's either double-A into triple-A or just triple-A out of camp. But 
Sam looks like he's going to have a good year. His fastball is slightly down from what I've heard, but he's also dealing or recovering from an injury. So, I mean, give him a little bit of time to ramp back up. I'm sure you'll see that number back to where it should be in the high to mid-90s with the ability to almost touch triples. So I, I hope he has a good good spring, see what he can do. Hopefully he's been recovering well. And then there's Coleman Crow, Mason Erla, Ben Joyce, Victor Medeiros, and Austin Warren. And Coleman Crow is another one of those guys who was on the Rock City Trash Pandas. Good year. Look for more development. Mason Erla, same thing. Just he was a level below. And he's going to have, hopefully he's going to have another good year, more development. But Ben Joyce is someone you could probably see in the majors this year. If he doesn't break camp, which I don't think he will, he will probably be in AAA. And I think he's going to have a chance to be a key cog in this Angels system. I think he's going to do some work on that slider, which is already okay. But he throws his fastball 80% of the time. So it's not really a huge piece but it's still effective. If he could develop a changeup, that would be amazing. But the Angels have been developing sliders really well recently. Reed Detmers, there you are. But there you go. That's another another piece that you can really see that has a huge opportunity to be a key piece of the bullpen. He is not going to be a starter. Don't even consider doing that unless you're using him as an opener, which I don't see happening. He's going to be a very good back-end bullpen piece in 24 and potentially even in 23. But you don't want to rush him up, too. You don't want to make that mistake. And Victor Medeiros is somebody who I will talk about later. I had a specific segment for him, so keep an ear out for that near the end. And Austin Warren, who had a pretty unfortunate series of events this year. I, I think he will bounce back. I hope he does. He's still still a good pitcher. I want him to have a good year. I just I just love to see this guy. I, I want to see him do so well. But if he's going to be on the bubble, it it's tough. I, I feel for him. But he's got a lot to prove. So he's going to need to go out and earn it just like everybody else. And he's going to do great things, I hope. And now I'll get into the catchers. Where there's only really three guys that really need too much talking about and it's Edgar Caro, Anthony Mulrine, and Chad Wallach. Chad Wallach, of course, was the one who caught Reed Detmers' no-hitter. So I think he's going to be one of those surprise guys that's going to challenge for a roster spot. He might make it out of camp and you'll see Logan in AAA or something like that, but it would not surprise me if he makes the team and that would be one of those weird, like, for the casual fan, be like, who's this guy kind of thing? Because he didn't have too much time up and the majors last year so he's still kind of new if you're not constantly watching the team you would kind of miss seeing him and that's a really interesting uh piece that you have there in Wallach but I want to talk about Edgar Caro just I absolutely love this kid I I think he's probably going to be high a potentially into double a I don't because that's a huge transition so you don't want to rush that move because you need to make absolutely certain that you're going from high A into double A at the right time. You don't want to miss time that because if you do, it can have very bad repercussions because the difference between low A, high A, and 
double A and triple A is low A and high A are designed for development purposes and double A is for refining that development and making things that are already good great and making as many things as you can at least average and triple A is just what can we do to help the major league team are we just holding guys for in case of injuries are we just finishing up putting the finishing touches on prospects or whatever that may be so that transition out from heavy development into lighter development I, I guess you could call it lighter development but that transition there is very difficult on a lot of hitters and sometimes pitchers because of the difference in quality as well because you're starting to get into once you're in double a everyone there is major league caliber in at least something so seeing Edgar Carroll make that jump would be very interesting but I don't want to see him rushed so take your time with this refine everything get a little bit better defensively and just do your thing Anthony Mulrain I I think he's going to probably be the triple a catcher this year but he's just one of those depth guys who, if, in case of an injury, he can come up. I, I think he's going to be a piece that you'll see now and again, but you won't probably see him for extended periods of time. And now into the infield, we got Jeremiah Jackson, Jake Lamb, Kyron Paris, and Zach Neto. And Jeremiah Jackson has been in the org for a while, and I want to see something. We're starting to get to the point with him, much like Jordan Adams, who I'll talk about in a little bit, but these guys kind of go hand in hand, so I might as well talk about both of them. But they both are starting to get to the point where we need to see real, tangible evidence of what they're going to be able to do. Now, Jeremiah Jackson has good power, especially on the pull side. But last year, he did get better at putting th- pitches that are on the outer thirder out to right field. And just taking it where it's put and just put it in the right field. But I do need to see a little bit more of the plate discipline come up before he starts going from double A and moving on. There's still, you're in the high minors, but you're still right in the middle. You're kind of right at the seesaw, right in the middle. You're starting to get between the tipping point of make it and not make it. He's, he's very close, but... You just need to see a little bit more. And Jake Lamb is Jake Lamb. We we know what we're getting. Probably 200 average. A couple home runs. Decent-ish defense. And that's about it. He's another depth guy. And Kyron Paris, who similarly to uh, Jeremiah Jackson, but he's a little bit younger, so he has a little bit more time to show what he's got. But... Again, need to see a little bit more from him. Hopefully he's... I think he did struggle with an injury early on in the season, if I'm not mistaken. I think he missed a little bit of time. So I'll give him a little bit of a longer leash. But I like Kyron. I hope he does really good. I think he's got another year at high A, I believe. And Zach Neto, who pretty much went straight into double A from college which is not something you see all the time. You'll probably see a lot of guys go lower high A after the draft. Yeah, not Zach. He went to high A for, I think, six days. So he pretty much landed and went into Rocket City. That's pretty much what he did. So 
he's going to have another good year. People are calling for him to come up this year or crazier things like that. Like people want to see this guy. I do too, but I do not want to rush him. We don't want Joe Adele 2.0. His swing is good. Don't mess with it too much. I know it's a little funky with the big leg kick and all that, but it gets results, so let it be. Let him do his thing a little bit. Just the defense, the clock was a little bit weird. He's kind of just getting settled in. That's relatively normal. But let him do his thing. Let him cook. Give him another year, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. He's probably going to be back in double A, I'd imagine. And just let the wheels turn. Let him go. <laughs> and we'll jump into the outfield now with Jordan Adams, Bryce Teodosio, and Aaron Whitefield. And Jordan Adams, again, similar timeline as Jeremiah Jackson. Need to start seeing something. I, I'm i pretty certain he did have an injury as well. So need him to kind of stay healthy as well. Give him a little time. But he does so many things well. He's a center fielder. So when... When he does have the opportunity to come up, hopefully around the time that Trout is leaving center field and going to a corner, probably left, I want to see him take that center field spot. That would be the perfect thing for him. He just needs to finally just get that last little tick and just have it click. Just so close. And another guy who's probably a center fielder he's probably the best defender in the outfield in this system it's Bryce Teodosio who was one of those picks that was just a signee at the end of the draft he wasn't even a draft pick and there's 20 rounds so he was just kind of one of those guys who you just say yeah we'll give him a shot but he's got such a high floor with how good his defense and his speed is he's bound to get a chance at some point i I want to see this. This is another guy, like much like Edgar Caro. I'm really looking out for him, see what he's going to do. And this is probably a big development year for him. And he's probably going to be high A, I would think. And Aaron Whitefield, who is also participating in the World Baseball Classic, he spent some time on the Major League Club, not too much, was up and down, pretty much a quad A guy. Not too, too much there. But I do have one last little segment that I wanted to talk about. And it was about Locked On MLB Prospects. Is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I love the Locked On Network. Locked On Angels, Locked On MLB, Locked On Patriots. Oh, yeah. I love it. Some of the best content in podcasting, I got to say. Not free promo, but... Got to shout out Lindsey Crosby for this one because I didn't even know who this guy was until I heard about him. And he had a segment where he goes through the superlatives of each organization, like your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, the breakout, and best outfield defender. And he had Victor Medeiros as the breakout, who throws a 95 to 96 mile per hour fastball. He said it was above average and plus somewhere in that range. Got a high spin curveball that's plus and has a two seam, a slider and a change that can be pretty much average. But his main holdback was the command of the fastball and Angel's been doing pretty good with developing command and 
they've been working really well with that. So having someone who needs to work on command in a system that does well with command is perfect. So that's why he's primed for a good year. So another guy who I want to look at is Victor Medeiros. But he will probably be in high A this year. So that is something to look out for if you are in the area to watch any games is that's a name right there to look for. But he did struggle because of his delivery. So it's not that consistent and he needs to work on that. But that is exactly what spring training's for. It's for trying new pitches, trying new grips, for trying new windups, trying new release points, trying new arm slots, and all that sort of stuff. Get it done in spring and the off season. Get that stuff out of the way so when you come into the season, you are a clean slate, you've got what you think is going to work, and then make adjustments from there because baseball is a game of adjustments. If you don't adjust, you will struggle mightily because people will figure you out and then you are done if you don't know how to adjust that's part of the reason why Mike Trout's so damn good is because he's one of the best adaptive players in baseball he always knows when something is being exploited and then he fixes it but that's really all I got today a little bit on the longer side today um I am a little bit sick so if you did hear any like sniffles or anything like that I do apologize but thank you so much for listening Don't forget to leave a review, positive or negative. I love to hear it. Doesn't matter. And share with some friends if you know any Angels fans. So I just wanted to say that because I haven't done that in a while. So have a good one. I will see you guys next week and go Halos.